Welcome to the New Beginning Fellowship Church Sermon Podcast. We are glad you are listening to the teaching of the Word of the Lord. We pray that this message encourages you and builds your faith. We also pray that this message is only supplemental to your spiritual growth instead of being a replacement for daily personal Bible study, the pastor you should be submitted to, or the church God would have you to be an active member of. If you live within driving distance of Brobridge, Louisiana, we hope that you would come to visit us during one of our services on Sunday morning or Wednesday night. Service times, ministry information, and giving options are all located on our website at newbeginningfc.com or on our Facebook page at New Beginning Fellowship Church. May the Lord bless you and keep you and make His face to shine upon you. As I was getting ready to come up here, you know this is a person. We can study the Bible, but it testifies of a person, a living being. And I was, uh, just before service a little bit, I just heard a little testimony of someone who had converted from Hinduism. And she said, I used to serve thousands of gods, but none of them wanted a relationship with me. But I found that the God of the Bible, the living God, the one true living God, wanted a relationship with me. And I just hope tonight um, to be able to encourage you to press in to him a little more and to remember that it's not just a story in a book, but he's a living God. And I've seen him, I can testify this year, uh, as Pastor Daniel mentioned a little bit, just how much he's moved in in my family and just seeing him answer the prayers of my children. And that means a lot to me to see and them to recognize it for themselves. And it just goes to show when the children can see and they can call out on him and they recognize that he's answering prayers, he's a living God. And uh, if we could, I'd just like to enter in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we just come before you tonight, Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord. And we just thank you for your mercy and your grace tonight. Lord, we thank you for your son, Jesus, who came and gave his life upon Calvary's cross. As we celebrated a few days ago, Lord God, his birth, we're here today because he didn't stop at birth, but he laid his life down, a perfect sacrifice, upon Calvary's cross. And we just thank you for it, Lord. And we just ask you that you would be here, that your presence would continue, Lord, and just help us to grow in relationship with you. And we ask it in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. I'd like to, um, this is something that I've done as a devotional, so some of it may be a little bit familiar to some of you, but when I did it, I just felt like there was more here that I could bring out that the Lord wanted me to do, and incidentally for, I don't know, about the past month or so, it's just been in my heart that I've just wanted to do more. I've wanted to, and I didn't know that the opportunity was going to come up to be able to minister it to you. And so I just hope that the Lord would help me to bring it out a little bit more here tonight. And uh, the name of it is Reasoning with God and the Power of the Sacrifice. And a couple of the points that I'd like to make out is that God is reasonable. As he would say in Isaiah, Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, 
they will be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they will shall be as wool. And um, I just want to give an example of someone who I feel did that and did that very well. And the outcome was it's just a blessing. Um, and then point number two is there's power in the sacrifice. The story is going to be coming from in 1 Samuel 16, 1 and 5. And um, just some of the things that, that speaks out to me before we get into it. Is Samuel had a right to fear, but he asked God in a right heart for direction. He said, how can I go? Or how do I go? If you look at the Young's literal translation. And the answer that God will give is take an heifer and say, I have come to sacrifice. And another scripture that kind of goes along with that is in Philippians 4.19. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And as we'll see, that he did just that. I'm going to go ahead and go to the text here. That's 1 Samuel 16 and 5. And the Lord said unto Samuel, How long wilt thou mourn for Saul, saying, I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill thine horn with oil and go. I will send thee to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided me a king among his sons. And Samuel said, How can I go? If Saul hear it, he will kill me. And the Lord said, Take an heifer with thee, and say, I am come to sacrifice to the Lord. And call Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show thee what thou shalt do. And thou shalt anoint unto me him whom I name unto thee. And Samuel did that which the Lord spake, and came to Bethlehem. And the elders of the town trembled at his coming, and said, Comest thou peaceably? And he said, peaceably, I am come to sacrifice unto the Lord. Sanctify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. And he sanctified Jesse and his sons and called them to the sacrifice. So just to give a little history on the book of uh, the books of Samuel. We don't know exactly who wrote the books of first or second Samuel. Some reports say that some sections may have been written by Samuel, Nathan, and Gad. But the first and second book were originally one book when they were written in Hebrew and were split when they were translated from Hebrew to Greek since they no longer fit into one scroll. So really the stories go together. They tell the story of Samuel, Saul, and David. They show the transition from the ruling judges to the first person to stand in the office of the prophet, which was Samuel. Now, he wasn't the first prophet, but he was the first to stand in the prophet, in the office of prophet. Then the first and second king of Israel, 
They illustrate God's blessing upon the faithful, the disastrous consequences of sin, and God's mercy when David repents. And some say the key verse is 1 Samuel 6, 17. And I just feel like it kind of just shows um, and fits very well. But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth. For man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. And this is just going to fit very well into our text, into what uh, we're reading here tonight. Um, but I'd just like to point out that with King David and Samuel, as young, young men, they were doing, they were seeking God. Even Samuel, his mother would take him and dedicate him to the temple, and he would live his life there, serving the Lord at a young age. And uh, King David would be out playing the harps and praising the Lord at a young age and look just to look at how God would use these men. What a great example that they would be. Another scripture that just goes to show that God looks at the heart would be Jeremiah 17, 9 through 10. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. Try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. <clears throat> so if we look back a few chapters before our, our main text, we see that God rejects Saul from reigning as Saul just would not surrender to the will of God. He even goes as far as to put his hands on Samuel to make Samuel do what he wants him to do, which is to return with him, basically to um, show that, he, that the man of God is still with him when Samuel would reject because, of his, um, because he, wouldn't do, he wouldn't surrender to the will of God, but kept going his own way. And as I previously stated in Isaiah 118, God says, come, let us reason together. And it just appears to me that God's not upset with Samuel for mourning for Saul or grieving for Saul, but rather he maybe that he spent too long grieving for Saul. Um, some of the things that, you know, even we could probably relate with is what was Samuel grieving about? Samuel had anointed Saul to be king. Was he possibly grieving because of his personal involvement? Maybe he was wondering if even he had been the one to make the mistake. Or just hurting over the poor leadership of God's people, as Samuel had once been their leader. And I think that we could all relate that we've seen someone that we love going a wrong direction and just had a broken heart over it, knowing that God wanted so much more for them. And I believe that it bears out that it was wisdom for Samuel to ask, how do I go? He had a right to fear, as Saul would have already put his hands on him. 
But instead of just letting the fear overtake his heart, he asked God, how can I go? Instead of making excuses and saying that I can't, he asked the Lord the answer. He trusted that God would answer him. And I'd just like to point out here as well that we notice that God's speaking to Samuel. God will speak to you. If you ask, he will answer. And it may not always be the answer we want to hear. Never mind, don't worry about that. I got somebody else that will go. No, he says go. I have prepared me a king. Some of the differences between Saul and David that we see is um, with Saul, the Lord tells Samuel to hearken to the voice of the people, or the ESV would translate that as listen. So God's telling him, listen to the people. That should be a sign to the people right there. 1 Samuel 9 through 11 and 12 bears out that Saul just happened by at the time that people were sacrificing. And Saul also had to be instructed by his servant to go find the man of God. He lived in that area, and I think it's a shame that that the servant would have to be the one to instruct you to go seek God. But Samuel's... Samuel, as a contrast, is told by the Lord to go to David. In our text, David is God's choice. God is speaking, and Samuel is listening to him. God calls for the sacrifice, and the people are invited. Doesn't matter who you are tonight, you're invited to experience Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. And I see that we got some of our youth in here tonight, and I've, I find this even in my own life. This, this is ministered to me before I ministered it to others. How can I go? Remember that question. Ask the Lord. He will answer you. There's going to be hard times, maybe that you have to be the only one that will stand up and say, no, that ain't right. We can't do that. I can't partake of that. But if we'll ask God, how do I do this? He'll give us the answer. If we'll seek him, he will speak. And he'll get, he's already provided the way. We also have in this passage many types and shadows. We have the sacrifice, a type of Christ. Filled on hornet with oil, which is a type of the Holy Spirit. Saul being a type of the flesh, and David being a type of Christ. Saul was a type of the ways and wisdom of the world. David was God's way. The people could have held on a few more years if they could have waited for God. God tells Samuel when the people came to him and said, make us a king. God says they're not rejecting your rulership, but they're rejecting me. God already had a king provided. But the people were impatient. They didn't want to have to listen to the man of God anymore. 
They wanted a king to keep them steady in their kingdom. They wanted a king to go and fight their battles. They didn't want to have to trust God for themselves. To me, Samuel's question is so refreshing to hear. So many times we'll read in the Bible where even the men and women of God get it wrong. But it's just so nice to see one who got it right the first time. And I believe that God's response will bear that out. It presents himself a willing vessel, only seeking the how from God. By asking, how can I go? He is showing he believes that God holds the answer. And the Lord always holds the answer. The Lord's response indicates he's not upset with Samuel's question. As we previously looked at Isaiah 118, it says, Come now and let us reason together. God knows that we have emotions. He created our emotions. But I believe that, and I believe that God wants us to be honest with him, to be real with him. If we have fear, if we have concern, if maybe we're just shy, maybe we're, we need some boldness. God's aware of this. He's not asking us to lie. He's not asking us to say that things aren't a way that they are. But he wants us to trust him above what we see or hear or even know to be true. Remember, Samuel had already experienced Saul putting his hands on him to the point that he ripped his garment. And Samuel would say, as you have torn my garment, so is the kingdom torn from you. God doesn't rebuke Samuel. But he simply gives him the answer. Samuel was willing to hear. And here in a little bit, we're going to look at another example of someone who tried to make excuses. His answer was the sacrifice. It doesn't matter what it is that we need. It's afforded us because of Jesus and what he did upon Calvary's cross. He restored our relationship with God the Father. And as we previously read in Philippians, it says that he will supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory. God didn't tell Samuel everything. He just told him to go to Jesse. I provided me a king. Samuel was still going to have to trust God on the way there, when he was there, and trust him to show him who it was once he got there. God wants that personal relationship. He likes to lead us step by step. He doesn't give us the full picture. He wants us to walk with him. But before God sent Samuel, David was already there. God didn't tell Samuel, go and I will prepare a king. The king was already there. God was already preparing his heart. He was already learning to be a shepherd. Provision was made before the vision or the call to go was given to Samuel. I've never read or heard of a time that God gave the vision that the provision hadn't already been made. Now, don't be surprised that when God has already made the provision and gave the command to go, there will be a Saul to try to hinder us. There will be hindrances. 
But the Lord wants to show us his way. He wants to show us his provision. And again, it's always going to come back to his son, Jesus Christ. Some things that I think that we can take away is I believe in the days to come, many of us will be faced with similar situations. And it's nice to have an encounter like this to look at and to have an example to remember. And as I've stated already, I've already experienced this in asking God, how do I? And um, just incidentally, is I know that we don't do New Year's resolutions and all these things, but New Year's is just three years, three days away. This is our last service of the year to be able to join together as a family. And I don't know what Pastor Daniel has for us next year, but I trust that we could probably look at this and say, how do we do this? How do we have? How do we do what God wants us to do? And I just, I don't know. I'm a little bit excited. I don't want to overly spiritualize it, but we're here on a Wednesday night. There's three days. We get to start off 2023 on a Sunday morning here in the house of God, praising God. And uh, can anybody else remember something that happened in three days? Come on now. Praise God. I could only imagine... I couldn't imagine if Samuel didn't go, but instead gave excuses. Now, we know that God had provided him a king, but what would have been the difference? How many of us, maybe, God wants to use us in a position as Samuel? We might not be going to anoint the king of Israel, but maybe we're going to give a word to somebody. Maybe we're going to be somebody's Samuel. Are we making excuses? Are we refusing to go? Just things to consider. Or maybe in the future. We can look um, as he gets to the city. And we can see how fear is no longer on Samuel. But it's on the elders as he approaches the city. It says they tremble as he came some power I mean I've looked and I don't see anywhere else where it speaks of the elders or anyone trembling as someone approaches as that he was coming in the power of God there was peace for all as Samuel said peaceably come with me to the sacrifice Jesus will bring peace to whatever situation that we're facing. I already kind of stated this, but I just, I think it bears asking again, what's something that maybe we're facing that we're still making excuses instead of asking God, okay, God, this is impossible to me, but how do I do it? You give me the way. You show me. And can I tell you today that God wants to speak to you. He doesn't just want to hear you from you, but he wants to speak to you. It's part of relationship. We can know all about somebody, but it's a whole different story when we get to know them and experience them. And if all this was possible in Samuel's day, just based on things to come, Can you imagine now that Christ is risen and the Holy Spirit has come, lives and dwells in us? 
I feel that this stands out in contrast to Jonah and Moses. Jonah is he would try to run in the belly of the whale. Moses is the one that I want to take a look at. And can I tell you, even if we've tried to argue, there's forgiveness. And God is still willing to use us if we'll surrender. And we'll see this here with Moses. How many of us know that Moses was used powerfully by God? How many years and the Israelites are still looking to the law of Moses? Still believe in it. In Exodus 4.10 and 16, it would say, And Moses said unto the Lord, O Lord, I am not eloquent, neither heretofore, nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant. But I am slow of speech and of a slow tongue. And the Lord said unto him, Who hath made man's mouth? Or who maketh the dumb, or deaf, or the seeing, or the blind? Have not I the Lord? I kind of feel like there that, just to me, the Lord's maybe telling him, you could ask me to restore your speech, and I could do that. I made your mouth, I can heal your mouth. I can make you an eloquent speaker. Now, therefore, go. I will be with thy mouth and teach thee what thou shalt say. And he said, O my Lord, send, I pray thee, by the hand of him whom thou wilt send. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. God gave him a chance to reason with him, but he still ain't listening. And he said, Is not Aaron the Levite thy brother? I know that he can speak well. And also, behold, he cometh forth to meet thee. And when he seeth thee, he will be glad in his heart. And thou shalt speak unto him, and put words in his mouth. And I will be be with thy mouth, and with his mouth, and will teach you what ye shall do. And he shall be thy spokesman unto the people. And he shall be, even he, shall be to thee instead of a mouth. And thou shalt be to him instead of God. And I just, that's kind of a scary statement to me. We can see a fuller picture of the flaw, I believe, of Moses' response. If we would look in Exodus chapter 32, as Moses would create the golden calf, which would lead to the death of 3,000 men, that I just wonder if, if Moses would have just said, yes, Lord, send me, touch my mouth, perhaps that wouldn't have had to happen that way. And God still used him and moved mightily, but I believe there were consequences there. Some things that I'm hoping that we can get out of this and take away is God wants to hear our concerns. He wants you to speak to him. He wants you to talk to him. And he wants to give us his answer, which is always to glorify his son, Jesus Christ. And as I said in the beginning, I just want to remind us that he's alive and he's well and he's still speaking today. As I've stated, he's still answering prayers. And um, I know that may have been a little bit short tonight, but that's, that's really all I got. I just I hope it ministers to you.